Hello and welcome to another edition of the Under Centre Podcast. I am your host, Daramar, and we are looking ahead to the divisional round of the playoffs today. Four games to be looked at, uh, two in the AFC, of course, two in the NFC. That means our first round by teams are back. So it is the cream of the crop, you could say, and the Giants in the playoffs now today. <laughs> Joining me to look ahead to the games this week, and I sort of segue for that, is Jake Woolhead. Jake, how are you? Well, I was doing well until you just threw me a little bit of shade for absolutely no reason. <laughs> no, but I'm good. I'm looking forward to the games. Uh, the Jaguars, I can, I can assuredly tell you that's true, but the Giants are a pretty good franchise, a lot of you know. How are you, though, anyway? It was a... Uh... Obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk about the game afterwards. We previewed it last week, and we actually thought the Giants were going to win. But how are you feeling now, knowing that the Giants did, in fact, go to Minnesota and beat the Vikings last week? Man, that was such a good game in all phases from the Giants. I was so happy with it. And, I mean, everybody likes to shit on Daniel Jones, but he fucking carried that team. He yeah. just he's, I don't know. Now it's, you're just putting in an awkward position of how much you're going to have to pay Daniel Jones. Yeah, and can you? I know we made jokes about it for the last couple of years, calling it the NFC least, and this year been calling it the NFC beast. But three of the teams in the NFC divisional round are from the NFC East. I don't think if anyone bet on that at the start of the season, I'm sure they are very, very rich at this time. Well, I think one of the changes that they done recently was that they or last year, the year before last, was that the worst division would play the worst. The other worst divisions or something like that. So I think that's probably why the schedule worked so well for the for the NFC East. We had a lot of easy almost even the commanders almost made it into the playoffs as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, the command and they were, I think, one, two games off five hundred as yeah. well. You know, after poor start as well, they brought it back. And look, listen, we can get into that with Fionn in terms of decisions they made at quarterback probably costing <laughs> them a spot at the playoffs. Um but yeah, um a good year this year for the NFC East. Um, I guess the, I don't know, the sickness or the, the losing sort of virus was transferred over to the NFC South this year because they yeah. all had losing records this year and Tampa Bay got in because someone had to win that division and Tampa Bay were swiftly dispatched by the the, the Cowboys on Monday night um, with Dak Prescott just, you know, getting the five touchdowns with all the doubts that we give him. Um, yeah. And I know the guys last night or this week on the review show gave Dak a lot of praise for it too. But um, I don't know if he got enough praise for the, you know, the play that he did for the uh, the rushing touchdown that he got. When basically he copied yeah. Peyton Manning's one against the Cowboys a couple of years Except ago. Except a little bit faster. <laughs> a, a, a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> it looked a little bit smoother. <laughs> I saw a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of uh, play like uh, shot by shot, like, side-by-side videos of like the Peyton one and the Dak one and I think you would have to have slowed down the Dak one or sped up the Peyton one to keep it shot for shot um, for that for Every sure. time you watch the Peyton one it looks like it's put in slow motion for analysis. It actually takes so long to get through <laughs> onto the touchdown. It looked like it's, I just kind of, it's just so slow. Uh, the cameraman like lost where the ball was, then found it, and I think he had time to lose it again, and then come back to it before Peyton crossed, crossed the the line there to score the touchdown. But yeah, like I said, the Cowboys are of course one of the uh, eight teams we're going to be looking at ahead of our divisional preview this evening. Before we move on. If you haven't already, make sure you're following us on our social channels at Under Center Pod on 
Twitter, the same on Instagram at UndercenterPod. Subscribe to our uh, channel on YouTube if you are watching already and you haven't already subscribed. Hit that subscribe button and also hit that like button. Uh, Undercenter Podcast is where you'll find us on YouTube. And the same if you like listening to us on the go. Undercenter Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you will find us. And if you watch us, or should I say listen to us on Spotify, you can also watch us from now on because our video podcast goes up there as well. So you don't just hear us, you see our pretty faces too. So don't worry about that. There you go, Jake. It was mostly just so we could get Jake on the screen more. It was part of his contract. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, so let's uh, let's get straight into the game, shall we? And we will start. Uh, we'll start with Saturday evening's game. That is going to be in the AFC. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, the one seed, of course, who had the week off last week. The Jags coming back from a 27-0 deficit at halftime to beat the LA Chargers 31 points to 30. Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I should say, throwing four picks in the first half and then evening it out with four touchdowns in the second half. The uh, Jaguars, I think, were the first team ever to have a negative uh, turnover differential of five and still win a game. So that was something there for the Chargers fans to take home. The Chiefs, like I mentioned, uh, they had the bye last week. Um, they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back now this week. They they took him back off IR. So him and um, Pacheco will have a sort of dual... A dual running back tandem. I'm sorry, also Jarek McKinnon as well. I should also mention him because he can't stop scoring touchdowns. Travis Kelsey just needs 99 yards to pass Gronkowski for the most career postseason receiving yards for a tight end as well. Um, These two teams face each other already this season in Week 10 with the uh, Chiefs coming out on top by 27 points to 17. Uh, Jake, first of all, uh, your thoughts on this game. and Are you expecting a high-scoring game? Yeah, I think I am this time around because we all know that the, the Chiefs and Mahomes and uh, and all the boys there can get the points in. So we're not really concerned about the Chiefs' offensive side of the ball. But now we're looking at the Jags, who seem to have kind of found their way offensively, apart from throwing four interceptions in, in one half. But come back to whatever it was, 27, whatever, but still came back. So it looks like the Jags have found a bit of an offensive identity. Uh, and the Chiefs, well, they're not really known for their uh, great defense, aside from um, is it Chris Jones on the on the defensive yeah. line. They have a couple of other playmakers there at the back end, but certainly not one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah, and they are the um, highest uh, offensive team in terms of yards per game. Um, and the Jaguars' defense is, you know, it's it's not terrible. It's middle of the road. Um, you know, they they obviously had to, they obviously played very poorly in that first half to concede twenty seven points. But importantly enough, they they held the, the Chargers' danger man Austin Eckler to I think only about 30, 40 yards of scrimmage last last week. And um, they so I think they are good for sit for finding out who the danger is and and stopping them now. An issue that arose in the game last week that um, I just want to bring up very quickly here, if I have it. Uh, where am I looking here? Here we are. Um, is in the game against the Chargers, I should say, um, tight end Gerald Everett was the highest leading receiver on the team for the Chargers with 109 yards and a touchdown from 
uh, eight targets or six receptions from uh, eight targets. And of course, we know that the Chiefs danger man is Travis Kelsey. And if it's if the defense are given that much up to Gerald Everett, you know, what can they possibly do to stop Travis Kelsey this week? Yeah, I don't know. Even if you're one of the top uh, tight end defending teams in the league, you would still have difficulty trying to cover Travis Kelsey on that. Uh, um, the Chiefs offense there. He's he's just an unbelievable freak, mutant human being, athlete, um, who will always seem to find himself open. And not only will he be open, he'll catch the ball and make it go 15 yards or 10 yards easily. And he's a big dude, so it's hard to take him down. He'll fall forward all the time. But even still, they're going to give points up to him. But they're going to give points up to Pacheco in the back end. He's a he's a fantastic runner. Um, and they've quite nifty wide receivers. If Kadarius Tony plays, he's going to have some weird, strange moves where he's just going to look like he's going to be tackled by four dudes, but all of a sudden he's on the other side of the field. So if he can stay healthy this game, I could see that being a bit of a game changer for them as well. Yeah, and I think an important thing that the Jaguars are going to have to do to you know, keep themselves in this game is get to the quarterback. And in that week 10 game, they never even sacked uh, Patrick Mahomes once. Uh, they never got to him once at all in that game. He threw for over 300 yards for four touchdowns. He did throw one pick, but it's going to be vital that um, they do get to, whether that's Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, or anyone on that defensive line, make sure that they get to, to Mahomes to stop him from uh, taking control of this game. Yeah, I mean, we all know Mahomes outside the pocket is just kind of a dangerous animal. So you have to try kind of find a contain on him, but also push it from the middle so that he does what he always does then is kind of reverse field. But he ends up 15 yards behind the line, line of scrimmage. And then if he takes a sack from there, that's it's often taking him out of field zone, field goal range and stuff like this. So kind of that's where a key for me is if they can push him back and keep him in the pocket and push him back, 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 instead of trying to do that backyard football that he does so well. I know, I know what you mean. Um, let's get into game picks on this one, Jake. Who are you feeling is going to take it? I mean, I'd like to pick the Jazz Jags. They, they're like a, a feel-good story and stuff like that, but I think I'm just going to stick with the Chiefs on this one. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to agree with you there with the Chiefs. The the Jag story is good. It's a great stepping stone for them to continue and maybe improve next season. Um, but I think, yeah, this might be a step too far for them. Um, we did mention, um, obviously, having Clyde out as Hilaire back. Also, Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek McKinnon, you know, he leads running backs with nine receiving touchdowns in 2022. Um, so like you, that's an extra thing that you have to keep an eye on, not just the running ability of the running back, but the ability to catch the ball in the backfield as well and run with it. So, um, I think that there's too many weapons on that Chiefs offense for them to, uh, for the Jaguars to maybe overcome. And yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs win. It's not going to be a, a blowout or anything like that. I'd say it's something similar to 2017. Might get a bit more, maybe, maybe like a, a 38. 28 or something like that you know something like that we'll, we'll see but um yeah the chiefs are going to go with this one um let's move on to the second game on saturday night it's going more into sunday morning now obviously airtime and that is of course your new york giants traveling to the link to take on the philadelphia eagles of course the philadelphia eagles the other 
team that had the bye this past week, so they are well rested. Jalen Hurts is off the injury report. He is going to play. The Eagles are 2-0 in the regular season this year against the Giants. I saw an interesting stat, actually, with the New York Giants, Jake. Since 2002, I think you've seen this one, and that's why you're not. Since 2002, if the Giants have made it to the playoffs, they have either gone out in the first round or made it to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. They won last week, so that means that he gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, I fucking hope so, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> There's another stat as well that I see in that um, since 1960, the Giants. Um, Any time the Giants have played the number one seed, they've gone to the Super Bowl or something like that. They're six and zero against number one seeds. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, Daniel Jones, like we mentioned earlier on the show, um, he's the first QB in history to have 300-plus passing yards, two-plus touchdown passes, and 70-plus rush yards. I know, like, it sounds like, yeah, well, that's obviously not every every QB can do that. I know. But look at this. It's just a stat I found, right? I'm trying to be... When does it it end? Like, I just love how the announcers will just pick out Daniel Jones. Who's going to be... Jalen Hurts is going to be the first QB who throws for 300, scores two touchdowns, and runs 79 yards. Like, when does it end? so So many times something weird happens when you add an extra layer to the stat. Here's a stat, though, that um, is undeniable um, and isn't, you know, fired out there just trying to pick it off anything. Daniel Jones is 1-0 in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts is 0-1 in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's a good stat. That's a stat I like. That's not a weird stat. That's a stat we can build upon. We can get an 0-2 for Jalen Hurts and a 2-0 for Daniel Jones. Let's make it in the broader in the postseason. <laughs> in the broader sense, Jake, what are you looking out for in this game? What do the Giants need to do, or what do they need to stop to uh, win this game? We had this discussion the last time last week when we were talking about the Vikings, where the Giants played them up to the end of thirty-one. 30 loss or whatever it was at the end to the 60-yard field goal. In a similar vein, the Giants, two times they played the Eagles, they were swept. Um, but we the first time we played them, we were still down. Uh, Xavier McKinney, our, our free safety, who was a quality player, our starting cornerback, Adoree Jackson, who was a quality player. We're li- missing Leonard Williams in the middle, who was a quality player. So defensively, I feel like we're a little bit more prepared this time to cover the likes of AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Um, these are the things that like that's that's the key for me is the Giants. They need to stop that team offensively because as we know, they're one of the best offensive teams uh, there are. And then let's just uh, offensively for the Giants, let's unleash Daniel Jones's legs. I know he's got the 78 yards last week. Let's get him to the hundred. Let's get him over. Let's get him 300 yards passing and a hundred rushing and two touchdowns. Um I don't know. The, uh, the defense of the Eagles kind of scares me. Um, it's a strong defensive line, and the Giants, I mean, they have Andrew Thomas on the left tackle, so, and he's an elite player. He's a quality player, but their right tackle, the rookie, he's struggling, and he's had his struggle. So scheme around that and try to find a little bit of a quick passing game and then take your shots when you can. 
Yeah, and like that with the Eagles, and you mentioned with the, the offensive line and the Eagles, defensive line, they had a first team since 1982 with four players each to have 10 sacks plus on the season. So like you're saying, the the name that comes to me right away is Hassan Reddick, who actually lines up on Evan Neal's side of the line as well. So like you're mentioning, whether it is putting a tight end in there that can chip Reddick um, for plays, just to slow him down to give Daniel Jones that time is going to be vitally important. Yeah, definitely. And and one of the th- biggest things Daniel Jones has improved on recently this year is his pocket presence. He he feels when they're starting to crumble, crumble, and that's why he's getting all these massive runs out and stuff like that. So um, the one thing I'd like to say about Daniel Jones is learn to fucking slide. Like that man takes a hit like a running back, and uh, that's just scary every time he gets hit. It just scares me. The, no, other, I the other point I, uh, I wanted to, not even wanted to say, the for the first time in a couple of weeks, Jalen Hurts is completely off the injury report. No injury designation. So um, that's at least makes the game a little bit more interesting than, uh, than I previously thought. Um, but even, again, he was playing in that last matchup against the Giants in the Week 18 where the Giants... Uh, week 17 or whatever it was the Giants rested all their starters um and they played all their starters we played a close game it came down to one score or, or even a score and a touchdown so or scoring a field goal so I feel like it's fairly close it's a lot closer than it was at the start of the year yeah and I think like that you know when it comes to the Eagles and, and the fact that they were off last week and um that I think you know it leaves people's minds, but I, I got the sense from the last few weeks of the regular season that they were struggling a little bit. Um, I don't know if teams are starting to figure them out. I'm not too sure, but the Giants are the perfect team in place to cause that upset because they know them so well. Divisional games are always so weird when it comes to this. Like the Bengals and the Ravens last week, they played in the regular season just a few weeks ago. I think it was week 16, week 17, and the Bengals blew the doors off them. But when it came to this, because they know each other so well, it was such a tight game last week where it shouldn't have been. And this is the same recipe that could easily happen again here. Yeah, division games are wild, man. Everything happens. It doesn't matter whether you're the Bills or the Dolphins. Like we almost said last week, the Bills almost were toppled off by the Dolphins. So anything can happen in these games. And that's why I think the division rivalries are good. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just so excited for this game. I'm like, I wasn't planning to stay up for it. Quarter past one in the morning on a Saturday leads me to about 5 a.m. And uh, if they win, I'm not sleeping. If they lose, I'm not sleeping after that. So I'm going to stay up for it, though. And I am excited to see it. Good man, good man. Well, one uh, one interesting uh, matchup as well for that defense that that um, could be one to watch out for is the uh, tight end position, um, because uh, Kirk Cousins t- targeted TJ Hawkinson in the game last week a lot. Um, the Giants seem to give up a good few plays to tight ends at the moment, and when you have someone like Gallus Goddard there, who um, is a very very good. Uh, tight end probably one of the top say i don't know definitely top 10 in the league for sure and argument could be made for top five stopping him is going to be vitally important and um what do you think that they're going to have to do to stop him yeah i gotta like there's gonna be a little bit of a blueprint of the second half of the vikings game for me um obviously we've seen um hawkinson go a bit wild um throughout that game and then a little bit of adjustment they put the free safety xavier mckinney to to cover him a bit more and man that's where you see in the fourth and eighth stop um that the 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 
that Kirk Cousins threw it short. Um, had he not made that adjustment, Xavier McKinney wouldn't be there. He would have gotten that first down, and who knows where the game would have ended after that. So um, I feel like there's going to be they're going to have to put someone on him. But then you still have to cover Jalen Hurts, who who is a dangerous runner himself. So who you cover, who it's just it's pick your poison, I think, and that's what what kind of scares me defensively for the Giants. Yeah, yeah, that last play cost me money there last week as well. Uh, I had a, I had a nice little I had a nice little bet builder so I had the over um I had Saquon anytime touchdown scorer I had what was the other thing Giants my are plus five and a half um and then it was KJ Osborne to get over 30 yards receiving <laughs> he was free on that play for a play over 20 yards and he already had like 15 <laughs> yards on the day so if he would have caught that uh, that would have been my bet in. But no, Kirk Cousins has to throw it short on fourth and eight. Short. Yeah. And the last play of his game. I mean, that's just a Kirk Cousins line for you. Like, I know I know, uh, Fionn, like, went in on him there on the show this week. And I know Fionn obviously has priors as to why he would go in on Kirk Cousins. But I totally agree with him going in on him on that. Throwing it short on fourth and eight in the playoffs. You've got to be kidding me. You've got even even to, if it is you, you throw it into double coverage, at least you launch it in the air yeah. as far and high as you can go and let your dudes try to jump up for it and see if they can come down with it. You throw oh, an intercept, you throw an interception, but it's the end of the game yeah. either way. Um, let's get should, uh, let's to get be fair. But sorry, to be fair, there should never have been a check down route on that as much as that was. Like there should never have been something that's curling back to the quarterback. At least give him some sort of weird slant or sluggo or something because you cannot just have someone come back and give the defense time to get before the turn turn of the player comes up. No, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. But let's get into predictions on this. The uh, Eagles and the Giants. Jake, who are you going for? Or do we even need Daniel fucking Dimes. All day, the Giants. Obviously, <laughs> I did love the pictures of like people actually have actual dimes with his face on it. It's I, I love that. I'm gonna I buy one. Actually, I didn't. I'm gonna find a Daniel Dimes dime. I'm gonna get one. <laughs> it looked class. It looked class. I'm a little torn on this one. Um, I don't know now. Like that, the Eagles should realistically win this game. They're at home, one seed. Had a great season. But that's where this sort of stuff comes into your head, where it's like, yeah, they have had a great season, and this is where it ends, you know. Um, as as they say, it's hard to beat a team three times in one one year. That's the Forty ers They did that for easy to so Seahawks. So it's, I think they're all right. <laughs> it's not that hard. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is very. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, they played mm-hmm. both games have been played quite close, even when the even when the the starters were arrested by the Giants. Um, you know, and Isaiah Hodgins is playing so well as well, and Saquon. And how do you think that the Giants, uh, pa- or the Giants' rushing defense has been this year? Um, it's not been great, but we have had some injuries on the defensive line that have really, um, kind of not helped that. So all our players are healthy, as far as I'm aware. All every player, yeah, because yeah, the the Eagles led the league this year in rushing touchdowns. I'll, t- I'll, so, I'll give you a good bet though. Yeah, Boston Scott 
touchdown. He always scores against the Giants at some point in the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does actually. What was that game a couple years ago? Was... I think he had three, didn't he? In the he's same three, game like, and he's like, like a third string running back at the time. And he got three touchdowns, yeah. and he's my height. He's five, like he's like five foot six, he's five foot seven, or something dude. like that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm wider, obviously, but like he's just. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm five foot six in height and width. You know, I'm, I'm like you a five perfect foot square. Six? You're not that small, are you? Five six, five seven, yeah, yeah. Five seven on a good day. Five seven when it's not cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to. No, I'm gonna go with it. I, I, I said Eagles before we came on air. But obviously to myself. Um, so I'm gonna. I think yeah, I'm gonna go with the Eagles just Bullshit. in this game. Just Bullshit. in this game. Touchdown win, probably not touchdown. Sorry, field goal win, maybe or something like that. But listen, you lose, you you lose in this game. It's not exactly the worst thing in the world. You know, it's still a fantastic year. And then you go into this off season where you get more pieces to make this team even better. No, give me a Daniel (laughs) Jones second win against the Eagles. It's such retribution. Like this is such a good story. No, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna just to change it up a little bit, I'm 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 gonna go Eagles. We can't fully agree on everything. I'm sorry, Jake. Um, you should, but you're happy you're one. happy to rub my face in it next week on the show if the Giants do indeed win. And I'll be Eagles happy for win, you if they do. If the Eagles oh, win, God. don't talk to me at all. Yeah, you won't be available next week. Are you telling me that now? Man? <laughs> I won't be available for any review. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on then to the Sunday afternoon and evening game games, games, not game games. Uh, we're going to start with the one that's on at eight PM Irish time on Sunday. That is the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. Of course, this is the first meeting since the Week Seventeen game, which of course was abandoned due to the, the, the Mar Hamlin. Uh, incident thankfully uh he is up and about and he is doing very very well we heard actually just this week from coach john mcdermott he's actually been in the facility every day this week um so that is great to see that he is still back around the team he hasn't been in meetings it's you know going day by day um which actually probably leads to the hope that he might be at the game on yeah, some, I would hope for him. Which, I hope he is yeah which would actually be uh, a lovely a lovely uh, little side piece to this game as well that he actually is able to show up and be there for the game. Um, I know we mentioned it last week that he could have showed up for the game against the Dolphins, but obviously because it's Bengals Bills, probably be probably be a nicer touch that he shows up for this one. Um, of course, the Bengals last week, like I mentioned, they got through a tough game at home to the Ravens, twenty-four to seventeen. Of course, winning it with that Sam Hubbard ninety-eight-yard fumble return for a touchdown, which shouldn't have stood because there was a back on Mark Andrews. Ah, shut up. <laughs> shut up. There's a block in the back on every play, everywhere. There is a block time. in the back on every play. There is. There is for sure. Um, this is... Um, the Bengals, or I should say, last week with their win, won a playoff game in consecutive seasons for the first time in franchise history. Based on this one. The Bengals uh, are ranked fourth in total offense. The Bills are uh, ranked second in scoring defense. They only allow, on average, 17.9 points a game. Where you get the point nine in a game, I don't know, but sure, look. That's <laughs> there the stats. There the stats. Matt's, it's um, Matt's there. 
it's mats. Um, an interesting side and uh, not side piece, sorry. An interesting thing for this game and could be important um, to determine the outcome that the Bengals are missing two of their starting O linemen in this game. Alex Kappa is out, and Jonah Williams dislocated his kneecap for the second time this year um, against the Ravens last week. He's still considered week to week, though, which is mental. That, that injury <laughs> just gives me the shivers all the way through. <laughs> Um, Jake, what are your thoughts ahead of this game? Yeah, no, this is a weird one for me as well. As you said, that um, the Bengals-Ravens game, it was close until there was a defensive touchdown from a defensive end who ran 99 yards. So that game, like, and they were playing a backup QB. So that's a bit weird for me how they could didn't weren't able to score that much um, and still had to rely on a defensive uh, touchdown for the um, big one as you said the two old linemen are out for Joe Burrow so big huge one is trying to uh, protect against that fearsome Bills defense and especially as you said they're what first or fourth did you say in defensive scoring second second in in defensive scoring so the uh, protecting Joe Burrow is going to be a, a massive massive um thing here in this game this is a key for them um now they still have their quality players they're joe mixes tyler boyd and, and jamar chase so not as if you're gonna get in a walk in the park you're playing the the what we call wide receivers for the giants um in this game they're still quality wide receivers that's what i'm thinking on the bengal side you have to protect joe burrow but even on the bills yeah. side go on mm-hmm no, I was go. just going to say that I was just going to go on a, on a point that you made there about you were surprised the Bengals uh, were in such a close game against a backup quarterback. The Bills were in the exact same situation last week. Exactly, yeah. That's where I was uh, leading on to. They uh, almost lost to a third string uh, quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Um, and Josh Allen didn't really have his finest game. He had, what, two wins or something in that game? He, and uh, he had three fumbles. Yes, he had uh, three turnovers um, and he was sacked seven times last week. Yeah, so that's like a that's another mad one. That the game comes down to that. So I'm not like these two teams, you would say they're very strong teams, but they haven't looked great the past couple of weeks they've had to play. Yeah. Um I, yeah, it's weird with the with the builds. Um like that. It started off so well. I think they went out to a 14-nil lead quite quickly in that game um it looked like miami's uh plan was to just do cover zero and blitz the whole time and hope they could get to him before he threw the ball um and it did work like i said for most of it because they got to him seven times um cause one of them causing a fumble which they returned for a touchdown um yeah it's a weird one i i i know people are saying that because that was close that their bills are suddenly a bad team, but I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that. I just think that this was a, a determined sort of Miami team. Maybe they took the game a little lighter than they should have. Um, like they know that the Bengals that they're getting this week. Um, I think that it would be a lot easier to pick a winner in this game if Von Miller was fit. I think Von Miller against that uh, backup O line would do serious damage in this in that game, and I would have feared for Joe Mixon and, and that offense. Um, you know they sacked Skylar Thompson four times last week, so they are they do have the ability to get to the quarterback. Um, the run game for the Bengals is stagnating, or miss you could say, it's hit or miss, isn't it? Like it doesn't, it, it yeah, doesn't function as well as you'd like it to. 
No, I feel it's been a lot more misses recently than hits as well, which um, is concerning if you are a Bengals fan because you don't want to have to keep keep sorry keep it in the hands of Joe Burrow for the for the whole game because you do that he well look there's a chance he's going to get hurt <laughs> because that like I said that defensive line has the ability to get to him like Joe Mixon last week eleven rushing attempts for thirty nine yards. You know, that's that's not going to do it in this game, you know. Um, and with their linebackers as well of Edmonds and, and Milano, I think it's it's a tough team to run against, but they're going to have to run to get that balance that they're going to need to give Joe Burrow as well that time to throw the ball to. If it is Jamar Chase, if it is, um, what does it say, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, they have some dangerous uh, pieces on that offense that do damage to the Bills. Like I said, it's just going to be important if they can give Burrow the time to throw the ball. we mentioned I mentioned it last week and when we were previewing the Seahawks and the, the 49ers game, it was important to give Gino the time to get him to throw the ball. They couldn't. He didn't throw the ball as much as he as accurately as he would have liked. The Seahawks lost that game. The same thing will happen to the Bengals if they don't give him if they don't give Burrow time. They will lose the game. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. And just, uh, on the the other point of almost losing to a, a third string quarterback we do, I do have to mention that is another division game. So again, wild, like that's just insane. How, um, like that just shows you how the difference between just playing any game and a division rival. Yeah. Just a little side piece on that as well. I keep saying side piece the whole time. I don't know why, but did you see the video of, of Mike McDaniel last week on the sideline? No. Um, possibly trying to take a vape. Oh, he's vaping. <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> <him there>. <laughs> 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 ready to go. He was it. he was moving his hand so so slowly up up to, and while the camera was on him, and then just at the last <laughs> second, you could just see him take a deep breath in. I'm just like, come What's on. What's his flavor? Man. What's his flavor? Probably something like blueberry <sighs> crumble cloud or something. It would have to be, especially have to be blue, you're living it? in Miami. It's gonna have to be something like that. I don't know, like orange surprise or something like that. It would have to be, you know. Um, but that Coco's that was mental. <laughs> and look, Venus. it's not <laughs> dolphin spritz. That's what it is. Um, well, yeah. Um, let's get into predictions on this game: the Bengals against the Bills. Who's going to the AFC Championship? You pick first, because I picked. Last. Ah. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, it's tough. It's a it tough game tough. to call, actually. Yeah. Do you want to know the this line? Is the this is the toughest game at the moment. Who's? Want... I'd say the Bills are favorite, but it can't be any more than a, than a field goal. It's four and a half to the Bills. Yeah, Bills are favorite. Four and a half. It must. It has to be because of that. That. Um, the well, they say home, home team is a, a, a three point advantage, so it's a one and a half goal difference or something. Or is it? Oh, is it? Oh, okay, something like that. That's what they say anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think. See, if you remember back to that Week 17 game, you know, the Bengals actually started very well. Their opening drive went for a touchdown as well. Um, so they obviously had a plan in place. But I think they want, I think everybody everybody in the NFL wants the Bills to make it through to the AFC Championship. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills to, to, to sort things out. I don't think Josh Allen will be as poor with the ball this year. I don't think uh, this week, I don't think he'll take as many sacks as he did this week. 
I think he has the most interceptions in the league as well for a quarterback, so he's going to have to clean that up. And with Stefan Diggs against Eli Apple, which we didn't actually get into into much depth about, there's only one winner in that. <laughs> we saw Gabe Davis show up last week. You know, Cole Beasley there showed up with a touchdown as well. I know that um, pleased everybody in our group chat last week that, <laughs> that Cole Beasley was contributing to a team. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills to, uh, to sneak this one. I'm going to go with the Bills as well. I think uh, it's going to be difficult for the Bengals without them two O-linemen. Um, you have to protect Burrow as well. So and I'm not sure they're going to be capable of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't have the confidence in their running game either um, at the moment with, with Joe Mixon or uh, Samari P. Ryan to, to be able to do it, to, to get, like I said, to give Burrow that time to, to throw the ball to, to the likes of Jamar. Hoping for an entertaining high-scoring game. We yeah. might get it, um, but we'll, we'll just see. We'll see. Let's move on to the last game of the night, and that is the Sunday evening game, not night game. Thankfully, this one doesn't start at quarter past one in the morning. Um, that is wrong on the graphic. I apologize for that. It actually starts at half 11, so don't mind that. Um, it is the Dallas Cowboys traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The, the Dallas Cowboys got their first road playoff win since 1992 last week, beating the Buccaneers by 31 points to 14. They are sticking with Brett Maher after, losing, after him missing four extra points. Uh, extra point kicks, I should say, um, in the game. Um, thankfully, it didn't mean anything, although it did piss off a lot of people on the sideline, including Dak Prescott. Dak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 49ers, fresh off their 41-23 win against the Seahawks. Um, it is the third time in four years that they have made it to the divisional rounds of the playoffs under Kyle Shanahan. Um, Brock Purdy is the first QB ever. First rookie, sorry, QB ever to have four total touchdowns in a playoff game. Jake, your thoughts ahead of this game? Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one to call as well. They're they're kind of both similarly built for me. Um, Bard, you could, Dak is probably a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Let's just be real about it. But they both have incredible defenses led by incredible defensive ends, um, and have some really quality players defensively. Um. And then if you look on the offensive side of the ball, obviously both teams have weapons. You've got Tony Pollard and Zeke, and then you've got CeeDee Lamb. And then now if you're trying to add up the mats, the 49ers might, may have a little bit with Debo, Ayuk. They've got Chris McCaffrey and George Kittle. So they might have a little bit of an advantage with the weapon side of things. But certainly I think it's going to be a good game. Like that, that Cowboys defense is a scary one for me. Michael Parsons just went off in that Buccaneers game. Now, I do think the Bucs are very, well, not good. <laughs> um, and it was a bad team to beat. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's a tough one for me to, to, to call it. Um, it's a buzzsaw defense, that 49ers, for me. They just, I don't know. They just look on, like you can't beat them. I don't know. That's that's what I'm getting at here. <laughs> yeah, it, it is tough. And you mentioned the... Two important players in that for the for the Cowboys, which go, goes with the one of the most important players in the 49ers, and that's the 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 running backs, you know, Pollard and Zeke versus McCaffrey. And you could say Elijah Mitchell as well, but he's just coming back from injury. He's more to give McCaffrey a, a break when he needs it. Um yeah, which defense can stop the opposing team's running attack will be the winner of this game. Um 
because I think that that's what Dallas are going to want to do. I think they might set out to stop the run and try and trust their backfield to go one-on-one with the receivers and try and force Brock Purdy to throw the ball more than maybe he would want to. Um, maybe they can force some mistakes, but look, even last week, he was pretty mistake-free. He started off a bit nervously. Um in the game against the Seahawks. Um, I know the Seahawks are winning a, a halftime in that game, but an interesting stat from that game is that the 49ers only punted the ball once. So they were getting down the field all the time against the Seahawks. Just for the first half, they weren't converting them to touchdowns. They were uh, field goals. The second half, they converted them to touchdowns. Um, and I think the 49ers are one of the best teams in the league, minus maybe the... Ravens when Lamar is back that they can just make drives go on for ages and ages and ages and crush your soul and tire out that defense um and they are they seem to be the masters of that like that a 7 minute 45 second drive at the start of the third quarter for their touchdown against the Seahawks was just a, a perfect example of that um but like I said the Cowboys as well like that they have some serious weapons you mentioned um, you know, Noah Brown has shown up so much this year as well for them because teams seem to forget about him because they spend so much time on CD Lamb or Michael Gallup. T.Y. Hilton, of course, is there now. Dalton Schultz has become Dak's favorite receiver all of a sudden now as well. Um, so that'll be interesting to see with how um Hufanga gets on against um Dalton Schultz. That'll be a matchup I'd be uh, very excited to see and see how he gets on with that because Hufanga's had a fantastic year. But Jake, is there anything else you're looking for in this game? Yeah, there's two things there that I just thought of. Um, I haven't seen much. I haven't looked into it, but the Cowboys left tackle. I think it's Jason Peters went out with an injury in the last game against the Bucks. So they're obviously, if he's out in this game, that's going to be a big loss against um, Nick or Nick Bosa. Um, so that'll be a, a, an interesting matchup to watch. The second second string tackle against. Uh, Nick Bosa, so that would be one to watch. And then the other thing as well, if you if you want to really look into everything, if you're picking one coach out of these two coaches to lead a team to win, you're not going to pick Mike McCarthy in this matchup. Yeah, you think that, but it's tough because you would say Mike McCarthy was got was wouldn't make it to the playoffs. You made it to the playoffs. You thought Mike McCarthy wouldn't beat the books. He beat the books. You know. He's he's getting something out of this team, and 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 I think with with Dan Quinn as well as defensive coordinator, who probably won't be there after this season. He's primed, I'm sure, to get one of those head coaching jobs. Um, and who's uh, the OC? There is a Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Yeah, yeah, he's getting interest as well for head coach jobs. They seem to be doing fantastic jobs getting their team together. I know what you mean about Jason Peters, and that's one thing I didn't mention. And, and thank you, Jake, for bringing it up because he is forties. 40 years old, left tackle going up against probably, like you said, Nick Bosa. Um, Tyron Smith is normally their starting left tackle, so maybe he might come in, but he's only coming off an injury, so we don't know how like match ready and how match fit he is. So that's going to be a, a, a huge a huge thing to watch there over on the right. Well, actually, Tyron Smith, I think he's playing on the right side at the moment. I'm yeah. just looking at the depth chart. He's uh, right tackle one now for that. So um, we'll have to see. Now, maybe they push Tyler Smith out to left tackle and bring Conor McGovern in that left guard position. That's a possibility for this game if Jason Peters doesn't make it. But 
Look, listen, let's get let's get into predictions on this one. Um I'll go first. I fancy I fancy the 49ers to win this game. Um I just think that they are this juggernaut that just doesn't seem to be able to be stopped at the moment. And I, I don't hold out much hope for any team that comes through that other game and the Giants and the Eagles one. I think the 49ers are primed to make it to the Super Bowl this year, which was my prediction, by the way. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the 49ers. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to stick with you here. On the 49ers, they're, uh, I just think they're a more complete team. They're strong both sides of the ball. And I think just think a little bit more creative offensively. That's it as well, yeah, because it's not, like you said, McCaffrey or Mitchell running in the backfield, it's Debo, you know, and, and I don't know what it is about Debo, but no man seems to be able to tackle him. It takes about three or four, so um, we'll see what happens there. In, it's in about 6'5 and like 250 pounds or something. He's unstoppable <laughs> when he gets a bit of steam behind him. <laughs> I don't even think he's 6'5, is he? I don't know what height he is. I just took a guess. I'll, hang on, I'll tell you yeah. now. He's a big guy, though. Dude, he is 1.83 meters, whatever that is in foot. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't tell you. Uh, Okay, hang on, I'll Google it. Hold on, I've got this here. He is 6 foot. Okay, I thought he was bigger. I thought he was bigger. At 215 pounds. Big man to tackle. Yeah. He's a big man, hard man to tackle for sure. But there's guys taller than him that are easier to tackle, and I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, we're we're both going for the 49ers in this game. Um, stick close to our social media channels. Um, you'll find the predictions for all the guys and who they think is going to make it to the NFC and AFC Championship games. Um, at Under Center Pod on Twitter, at Under Center Pod on Instagram, uh, Under Center Podcast on YouTube. If you are watching this on YouTube um, and you haven't already liked this video, make sure you hit that like button, please, for us. And also, while you're at it, hit the subscribe button, too, for that, because you want to keep a, a, a close eye on the channel in the off-season for some of the uh, stuff that we have planned. Uh, also, the podcast side of things to listen to on the go, under Center Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, you will find us there. Jake, as always, sir, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Dara. It was a pleasure. No problem. And I look forward to possibly, maybe, seeing you next week. Well, it depends on what happens on Saturday night. You're going to get happy, Jake, or angry, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anger sells more. You know, you, do you ever see those fan channels that, like, their views go way up when the team's doing terrible because then no. people give out, but when they're doing well, the views are all the way down, so. I think I'm just going to have the lights off and you don't want to see the tears and rage that I'll have. <laughs> I don't, but the viewers want to, Jake. Yeah, fair. The Maybe they do. Maybe think about they the do. viewers. Yeah, I will. <laughs> like, I will. But that that is our divisional weekend preview, all wrapped up in a nice little bow for you. There, we'll be back next week, looking back at the games, and of course, looking ahead to the AFC and NFC Championship. But until next time, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.